You're listening to the Inside the Shoe podcast, presented by Land of Ten. I am the one who knocks. And now here's your host, Kyle Land. Good Monday, everybody. Welcome back to the Inside the Shoe podcast, presented by LandOfTen.com. I am your host, Kyle Lamb. There's a few things I want to talk about today. I'd like your participation. We're in the off-season, and I've been kind of teasing a lot of different topics throughout the last couple weeks on the show. You know, we, we talked about what are the biggest busts you remember at a quarterback at Ohio State. Got some feedback on that. I think the consensus was Joe Pickens on that one. We've talked about some of the best offenses Ohio State has had, some of the best running backs, uh, receivers. We've had a variety of topics. Today, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the defense. Um, uh, I really specifically want to know, I'm, I'm thinking out loud, I'm, I'm questioning whether this is going to be a return of the Silver Bullet defense. And I, I think there are a lot of bright spots on this defense for this upcoming year, but there are a couple places that I'm a little concerned about. Uh, I think it's going to be a very good defense because I think the defensive line is going to be a holy terror, possibly as good as anybody in the country. And I, I realize that's saying a lot because Clemson, Alabama's got a very good uh, defensive line, but Clemson has a just a, a freakishly good offensive line. I think Ohio State can actually be better because of the depth inside, especially on the interior. But we'll talk about that. Um, and I want to get into the Cavs here in a second. Uh, the Cavs did not show up well, lost by 25 in game one at Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals. I want to mention that just a little bit. And I've got some other things to talk about here at the end of the show and the, the news of the day. We've got some recruiting notes, an Ohio State basketball note. We'll get into all of that. Uh, two quick notes before we get really ramped up here on the show. Uh, first of all, I wanted to say a land of 10 farewell to my uh, compadre, Austin Ward, who announced over the weekend that he is uh, moving on to other things. Uh, I wish him the best of luck in his career. He will be on the Ohio State beat, so he's not going far. But it was a pleasure to have Austin around. Uh, we had him here on the show pretty much every week, almost every week, uh, since I took over the Inside the Shoe podcast last, last autumn, last fall. It was great to work with Austin, and uh, I'm really going to miss not having him around. But best of luck to Austin. He's a tremendous, tremendous beat writer, and he will continue to do great things. So uh, thanks to Austin Ward uh, for all his work he's done on Land of Ten and, and for all the great podcasts we've had here. Uh, tomorrow, also, I wanted to tease on the show, we will have Bill Bender of the Sporting News Um Good to have another national voice. Uh, we haven't really had one on since uh, really the end of football season. Uh, it was just getting hard to schedule there, but uh, I'm really working hard to try to get back into having some some national and regional guests. So Bill Benner will be on tomorrow. We'll talk some Big Ten football. We'll ask him about the new quarterback at Ohio State, Dwayne Haskins, what he thinks of that. Uh, we'll get into some national football stuff as well. So stay tuned for that tomorrow on the Inside the Shoe podcast. Bill Benner will be around to talk some college football. Um so real quick, before I get into the defense, let's do a quick recap of the Cavs. You probably saw the game yesterday, Sunday afternoon. It was not a very good game to watch if you're a Cavs fan. And, you know, look, this is game one. LeBron, I saw an interesting observation on Twitter. Uh, Doug Gottlieb mentioned it looked like uh, LeBron just sort of, sort of looked like he was lurking, just kind of scanning the Boston Celtics. And, and I really thought, the same thing watching the game. I thought that was an apt way of putting it because watching it to me, it seemed like LeBron 
that we've seen in so many game ones in the past in the playoffs, right? You know, LeBron comes out in a series and just kind of feels his way through the first game. He didn't play all that well against the Pacers. He didn't play all that well against the Raptors. You don't usually see super aggressive LeBron James in the first game. And, it, you know, the Celtics defended well. Give them credit. They have a lot of good defenders. It's, it's ironic. Everybody talks about the masterful job that Brad Stevens has done with the Celtics team without Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. But because they don't have Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, they're actually a better defensive club for it, and it allows them to switch one through five, and they typically do pretty well, and they threw five guys at LeBron, and it was very good defense, but the Cavs did not attack very much in the first half, and it, they were easy to guard because of it. In the second half, you saw them come out, especially the third quarter, Cavs really started attacking. They cut the lead from 28 to 14, made it a little bit of a game, but the Celtics, of course, you know, really quickly ramped it back up to 21 to start the fourth quarter, and by then it was pretty much over. Uh, I expect a whole different a whole different Cavs team tomorrow night in Game 2. I think LeBron will come out attacking. I really think it's just like the Pacers, just like the Raptors. You didn't see LeBron play his best. In this particular case, his teammates did not step up and bail him out. But I don't think he's that worried being down 0-1. Uh, I think the Cavs will leave Boston heading back to Cleveland on uh, Thursday. Uh, or I'm sorry, for Saturday for Game 3. I think they're going to go back in a one-to-one series. But we'll, we'll see what happens there. So the Cavs down 0-1. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens from here on out with Cleveland. So getting into our, our main topic here for today, I wanted to talk about the, the defense because we spent so much time talking about the quarterback situation. Dwayne Haskins, of course, will be taking over in 2018 with Joe Burrow transferring uh, we'll talk to Bill Bender tomorrow, of course, more about the quarterback situation. But I wanted to look at the other side of, you know, Ohio State's team because, you know, this is really an interesting case for the Buckeyes. We've seen so many great defenses in the past. We've seen great secondaries. Uh, you know, there are some people calling Ohio State DBU now. I, I think that's personally, I think that's fair. Uh, when you look at the last 10 years especially, they are so defensive back-centric. I think if you look maybe in a, in a longer period of time, you could argue, argue Florida State, Miami. Uh, Alabama, of course, has had a lot of success in recent years with defensive backs. But Ohio State this year is so deep at corner. On paper, they really should go four to six deep at corner. And, of course, you've got Jordan Fuller coming back at safety. The other safety position we talked with Austin a couple weeks ago, that is a concern uh, Urban Meyer mentioned it a couple weeks ago to the press. He's still not sure what's going to happen with the safety position, that other safety position, because whatever they do, they're going to be bringing in a guy without a lot of experience. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But I think the defensive back as a whole, they've got so many good cover corners. They've got some big corners. They've got athletic corners. I think that they can throw a lot of nickel and dime packages out there when they need to because of the depth. Uh, but obviously they've got guys that they're going to go man defense most of the time when it's when it's feasible to do so. And, of course, that is the Buckeyes. Uh, you know, Greg Schiano likes man defense, and I don't think they're going to stray too far from that. But because of the depth at corner, I think it's going to allow them some versatility. It, it really is just a matter of who's going to step in that fourth starter position, and, and we'll see what happens there. But Jordan Fuller, the cornerbacks, you know, Kendall Sheffield, uh, Damon Webb, or, um, you know, Damon Arnett, you look at around, 
uh, Sean Wade. There are plenty of guys there that are ready to step in the position. We know about the defensive line spots, especially the starting ends. Nick Bosa being projected as high as the number one overall player taken in the 2019 NFL Draft. You've got Chase Young, who won't be draft eligible this year, but could wind up being a Jadavion Clowney type of player. He's got another year left after this one, and the ceiling is really high for him. He's as athletic a freak as I've ever seen at Ohio State. I think in terms of just a sheer uh, monster coming in at Ohio State and already being nearly unblockable, uh, he's as good as anybody that's been at Ohio State in their first year. Of course, they didn't need them as need him as much, and maybe he was a little further behind on uh, you know just the the mental aspect of the game, you know recognizing the blocking coverages and and that kind of thing. The instincts are still coming, but I tell you what, I mean he he's up there with names like Dan Wilkinson and and Joey Bosa as far as a freshman goes. I compared him a few weeks ago to what Nick Bosa did as a freshman. He's on that kind of level. And I think this year, he and Bosa are going to be the most dominant defensive end pairs we've ever seen at Ohio State and maybe uh, among the the most disruptive pairs we've seen in college football, if not in a long time, possibly ever. Uh, They've got that kind of potential. But I think what sets Ohio State aside as far as defenses in the past You look at what they're doing on the inside. These defensive linemen, these defensive tackles are a lot deeper. Ohio State, in the first five years under Urban Meyer, had some great defensive ends, but they weren't always deep on the inside. They had some good defensive tackles, but they had recruiting misses with the D tackles. And this year, they don't have that. They've got the number one JUCO defensive lineman coming in, Antoine Jackson, former Auburn player. Uh, They've got Tommy Tugiai who I've compared to Tom, John Simon in the past. He's, he's got that kind of wrestler physique that just bull rushes you inside, and he's, he's quick too, and he's not real big. He's strong, but he's not, like, you know, he's not a 300-pound guy that's going to just you know, take on two blockers, but he is good enough that one blocker will not suffice against a player like that. So uh, you know, throw those in with Draymond Jones returning, which I think was a huge get for Ohio State for him to return for another season, all this together, you're going to have a great defensive line. You're going to have a great secondary. Okay. But Ohio state, when we think of some of the silver bullet defenses in the past, what Ohio state has always had to anchor a great defensive line or a great secondary are linebackers that fly around the football and linebackers that can drop in a pass coverage and do well. And to me, this Ohio state defense will be very good But what is going to make or break this defense in the upcoming year is going to be the play of the linebackers. When you look at, you know, the depth chart and and Ryan Ginn about four weeks ago on landup10.com had a projected depth chart for the 2018 season for Ohio State. If we work off of that, you know, we're, we're looking at tough Borland starting an inside linebacker if he gets back from the injury. And we still don't know the status of Borland. But, you know, they've got Baron Browning. Of course, a five-star linebacker ready to step in. Urban has praised him. They've praised, you know, Justin Hilliard, fifth-year senior, who has been a disappointment at Ohio State, but he's a former five-star recruit. He's a guy with a lot of talent. He's just had a lot of injuries. I think one of those guys can step in if and until uh, Tough Borland returns. Outside, we're looking at Malik Harrison starting. We're looking at Keandre Jones starting. Of course, uh, Dante Booker is back. Pete Warner 
uh, had had some injury issues as well. We'll see what happens with him getting back into the rotation. And, of course, Baron Browning could also move outside. You've got Dallas Gantt, some other guys that could step in uh, for Ohio State right away. But it's going to come down to those linebackers, okay? We've got – we know that Ohio State has – those line that linebacker talent to make it happen, but we we really don't know what these guys are going to be yet, and I think that there is so much uncertainty there. It's it's hard to really grasp what Ohio State's defense will be uh, in the end this year. But you're looking at either a good Ohio State defense or you're looking at a great Ohio State defense, and the play of the inside linebackers are really going to make that difference. Again, you know up front. Ohio State might have its most talented defensive line ever. Last year was really talented, probably more deeper than this year because it was a little more balanced from inside to outside. This year, I'm not sure Ohio State has that defensive end depth that they've had in the past. They're probably going to have to give a little more reps to Bosa and Young than maybe they have with other defensive ends in the past. I know in the past few years, they've only given like 40% of the reps to the starters. It might have to go up to 50-60% this year. But you hope it's low enough that they can still keep those guys fresh uh, and be disruptive at the same time. It's not a bad thing to have your best players on for more snaps as long as they don't get worn down. That's, that's the goal is you want them being really good in the fourth quarter and disrupting what the opposing offenses are trying to do. Get in the backfield, rush the passer. If that happens, Ohio State is going to have a very good defense. They've got the secondary. They're going to be hard to pass against, especially with the rush and the cover corners they have. But it's just a matter of filling gaps, uh, stopping the run game, and keeping from the uh, small small passing routes that happened last year, the short passing routes and intermediate passing routes. The linebackers did not do a good job in coverage last year on the backs and ends. That has got us has got to get better with this group of linebackers this year if Ohio State wants to have one of those classic silver bullet defenses. If that happens, I think you're going to see this Ohio State be, defense be a dominant. I think it'll be a championship caliber defense. It'll get Ohio State back into playoff contention, and who knows from there, if it gets into the playoff, it could be good enough to win the national title. But again, you have to get the play out of the linebackers. So so I want to end the show with a couple of uh, couple of notes here on the Buckeye News du jour. Some things going on. We'll talk more extensively later this week, of course, in our recruiting segment with Ryan Donnelly. But we do have a couple of recruiting notes. If you go to landof10.com, of course, he writes more about David Bell, the four-star receiver out of Indianapolis Warren Central. We've talked to him in the past about Bell. Ryan thinks that Ohio State is hot on the trail for Bell. He's picked up some crystal balls. Well, the 6'2", 180-pound receiver will be visiting on May 21st and 22nd for a two-day unofficial visit. So Ohio State is hot on the trail on Bell. Uh, another receiver, though, that the Buckeyes have picked up a lot of momentum for. In fact, in the past week uh, to two weeks, Ohio State has picked up three crystal balls on 24-7 sports for Marcus Washington. He is a 6'2", 190-pound receiver out of St. Louis uh, Trinity Catholic High School. He's the number nine overall receiver in the country and number 59 in the 24-7 composite rankings. He released over the weekend a top six, which includes Ohio State, along with Texas, Oregon, Missouri, Georgia, and Florida State. So Marcus Washington, another Buckeye target, and it looks to be like the Buckeyes are picking up a lot of steam for Washington. So Bell and Washington could be a, a pair of Ohio State commitments here coming up in future weeks. And one other note on landof10.com by Ryan himself. Uh, Ohio State, of course, we've talked about a lot of quarterbacks the Buckeyes are after. 
the the train keeps rolling along as far as Ohio State targets. We've talked about Dwan Mathis commit or uh, visiting. We've talked about Graham Mertz visiting. We've talked a lot about Grant Cannell. Ryan Helensky, uh, a South Carolina commitment, 6'4", 220-pound, pro-style quarterback out of Orange Lutheran High School in Orange, California. He's another guy Ohio State is apparently in the thick for. Ryan Donnelly saying that Helensky is another target to keep an eye on. The Buckeyes should be there until the very end. Uh, he is the number 166 overall player in 24-7 sports composite rankings and the number 6 pro-style quarterback. So keep an eye on Ryan Holinsky, the South Carolina commitment. One final basketball note I wanted to mention. The Buckeyes will be uh, taking a trip to Spain here this August, according to John Rothstein and some other uh, reports out there. This is very good for Ohio State basketball. When you consider you know, having a graduate transfer in Keyshawn Woods, having some uh, four very talented freshmen come in, a couple of sophomores that they need to get going in Musa Jallo and Kyle Young. Uh, this is a great experience for Ohio State basketball team to gel. The competition probably won't be great. I don't know anything about who they're going to be playing over there in Spain. But I do know the chance to play basketball games together in an organized setting is a great experience for a young team, for a team that has not played games together. So this is a great experience, and I think it'll do Ohio State a lot of good. Even if the experience isn't great as far as talent is concerned, just being able to play some organized games together early on uh, and having the coaches be able to be there and coach them up and institute some plays, I think it's a great uh, a great thing for Ohio State basketball and Chris Holtman and his staff. So once again, the Buckeyes will be playing in August uh, overseas in Spain. Uh, I believe I read it would be four to six games, but I'll have to double check on that. But anyway, great, uh, great opportunity there for the Buckeyes. Uh, that is going to wrap things up for this version of the Inside the Shoe podcast. I appreciate you making me a part of your Monday. Please feel free to hit me up on Twitter at KYLAM, the number eight. Talk about your favorite silver bullet defenses. What do you think the linebackers will be this year? What are you afraid of? What are you excited about with the Ohio State defense? Uh, of course, we can talk about the Cavs, whatever you would like to talk about. A reminder, Bill Bender of the Sporting News will be on the Tuesday edition of the Inside the Shoe podcast. I hope you will be back tomorrow and hear what Bill has to say. I'm very excited to talk some Big Ten and national college football with Bill. Should be a lot of fun. He is a great uh, listen, a great interview. So he'll have a lot of great information on the show tomorrow. That's going to do it for me. Uh, Pay attention Monday through Friday on landof10.com. That is when the Inside the Shoe podcast comes up at 10 a.m. You can listen to us on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Be back at you tomorrow. Once again, tweet me at KYLAM, the number eight. Thanks for listening, everybody. Go Bucks.